Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Live in Conversation. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. It is very early. It is, I don't even have a clock near me, and for some reason, whenever I enter the app to record this, the clock at the top of my phone screen completely just disappears. I don't know why it happens. Don't ask me. Um, You know what? I'm going to go out here and look at the clock because I want to give you how early this is, just for, like, reference. It, it, I mean, the episode should come out not long after this, but, yeah, it is 4.11 in the morning right now. Um, and it is 4.11 a.m. on a Monday morning. Um, and this is just what it takes when you're um, running a campaign. It is, it is a little bit more difficult than I first imagined. But you know what? I, I, I wake up every single morning early, like ridiculously early and a lot of people ask me they're like you must regret starting that campaign and this is like people that I might be friends with this is just random people as well sometimes when I like kind of start meeting them and I'm like oh yeah you know by the way and like everyone's like oh you must regret that because now you have to wake up early and I'm like not for a goddamn second am I ever you know, regretting starting this campaign. I don't care how what time I have to wake up in the morning to, you know, get things going. I don't care how many hours I have to put in. I don't care if it's stressful or stress-free. I don't care what it is. At the end of the day, it is something that I truly believe in, truly stand in, and will continue to fight for because that's just what it's all about for me is fighting for what we must accomplish. Um... So yeah, but real quick, a couple of things I want to get out, Um, two things mainly. One, I want to give, I already gave it on Twitter, but I'm going to give it here. So a lot of you may know, there's a very important election in Los Angeles coming up this year for the district attorney position. Now, if you don't know who the current district attorney is, his name is Gascon, that is his last name, and Gascon is completely ineffective. He has not done right for the people of Los Angeles. He has done wrong by the people of Los Angeles. He has betrayed our trust, and that is exactly why I am officially endorsing John McKinney to become the next district attorney of Los Angeles. And the reason why I choose John McKinney is because he has experience. He has the knowledge. He has done the education. And he is, in my opinion, even possibly overqualified for the job of district attorney just because of how well he is at his job. He knows what to do. He knows what he is doing. And he actually cares enough to put the devotion and the dedication in to that job. And that is exactly why I'm endorsing him for this position. A lot of people in Los Angeles know not so good things about Gascon. And that is fair point. Even I do. And I can't stand the guy, you know? And I, I'm pretty sure I actually voted for him back in the last election. I can't even remember who I voted for back then. Um, not, matter of fact, I might not have been in town. I have no idea. Um, I'll have to figure that one out. Um, but I think, and don't, don't quote this, but I think I might have voted for him the first time. I don't know why the hell I would have done that if I did do it. But knowing how I voted in the past and how, who I've supported in the past and all that, I mean, it would make sense. But you know what? 
we're thinking forward and we're not thinking backwards. So that is why I'm endorsing McKinney for district attorney. Um, so yeah. And another thing, <clears throat> Jason Call. I love. I-, I absolutely love Jason Call. He is a phenomenal person. He speaks the truth. And he is a real fighter for Washington's 2nd District. Not only have I previously endorsed his campaign for Congress in Washington's 2nd Congressional District, but I also now want to come on here to congratulate him on his new position as the campaign manager of the Jill Stein 2024 campaign. I got the email from her newsletter yesterday, and I was ecstatic for him. I was so proud, and I know, I, I know just full-on well that Jason has exactly what it takes to be a phenomenal campaign manager, and I'm glad that he has decided to join the Jill Stein team. So, yeah, congratulations. Um, And with that out of the way, let's get started. So I already had this topic planned out yesterday because pretty much for a good chunk of yesterday, I had a very interesting, you know, Twitter conversation um, with, I think, a user, maybe even two users, that related to the same thing, um, and that was largely economics. Um, and a lot of people um, already know my economic plans. You know, I personally am a self-described socialist, so, you know, obviously I stand for socialist um, economic views, but I just want to say why. Uh, and a lot of people get this misconstrued. A lot of people get it twisted that, you know, socialism is is basically just communism and communism is, is just Nazism. And it's all this like fabrication from all the propaganda back with McCarthyism, you know, and I'm not talking about Speaker McCarthy from last year who got ousted. I'm not talking about that McCarthy um, do, do me a favor. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search up McCarthyism. And basically there was this dude, his last name was McCarthy. He was in our government. Um, I believe he was in Congress and he would constantly like spread misinformation about communism. And I'm not a communist. I'm just a socialist, but those are two different things, you know, so communism's the more severe form of socialism, you know, I'm just a socialist. I'm a democratic socialist, maybe leaning, you know, just regular socialist. But, you know, I do believe in democracy still. So there you go. Um, And a lot of people will try to criticize you because it's like, oh, yeah, every single time socialism has been set up, it's been with communism. It's been with mixed with this and that. My goal is not a communist society necessarily. My goal is a socialist one one that actually cares for the working class people more than a couple of rich billionaires and executives. And, and that's how the world should work. You know, you should not be deemed special or receive special treatment because you have a few million in the bank. You know, that, that's absolutely absurd. Um, and I actually talked with someone, I believe they were from Vermont. I talked to two people from Vermont yesterday about economics Um, And can I just say, a lot of people that I know that are politically invested who are from Vermont, they know a lot about economics, and a lot of them love Bernie Sanders, so I get along with them pretty well. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, Bernie's, well, yeah, I'm going to say Bernie's one of the best, because he really is. I mean, he brought, 
he brought socialism to the main stage, kind of. He kind of made it an actual option. So, you know, we have to respect him for that, of course. And for his, you know, previous efforts and everything, he's just amazing. Um, you know, I wish he would do just a tad bit more in support of Gaza, but, you know, he's he's doing pretty good with the stuff he's been doing so far. So, you know what, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, one of them I was talking about how, you know, he doesn't believe a socialist system would work. He believes, you know, prices would go up. I'm telling him prices would actually go down for a lot of things, including your health care coverage once we implement CalCare or, you know, if a Medicare for all plan does, you know, get, you know, established, you know, your, your plan would actually be cheaper. Um, and this is pretty much universal all across the board in instances where universal health care has existed, where you actually end up paying less. And that does factor in the tax that you pay as a result of universal health care being implemented. Obviously, universal health care isn't just free. It isn't just a magical thing. So, you know, obviously when it comes to um, universal health care, you're going to pay more in taxes. That is true. You're going to pay more in taxes, but you're also not going to have to pay your, your health insurance every single month. You're not going to have to pay for health insurance ever again because not only will procedures be free, but you will also not have a copay. And on top of that, you know, the amount that you are going to pay, you know, the amount you're going to pay increase in taxes will be proportionate dependent on how much wealth you have or how much wealth you typically accumulate within a year, which is, you know, just your salary. Um, so that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it being the most fair is that, you know what, in my opinion, healthcare is a human right. Um, it's undeniable and not only should we be doing universal health care, but we should also be canceling every single thing of medical debt in this country because the metal, medical debt should not have existed in the first place. It is a immoral debt that we are forcing people who have suffered enough already to pay. And it's time to put that to an end because these medical debts should not have existed in the first place. It's just just the exact same belief with the with the education system, specifically when it comes to, to colleges. Um, I personally think the student debts should have never existed in the first place. And for that reason, we must cancel every single student debt. But on top of that, we must also prevent students from getting into debt, not only by educating people within the high school level about finance about being smart with your money, about financial investment, about all these important essentials to finance that you will need. We need to teach people how to pay their taxes. We need to make paying taxes easier on top of that. Um, and we, we just, in general, have a lot of work and a lot of reform ahead of us because, you know, we could have made this about a million times easier if people that came before us actually did, if the people that came before us actually did care about us and about the future generations, which is realistically now, you know, if we're looking at how far back this all really started, they didn't care about us. And it's time that we start caring for ourselves and we start defending ourselves and standing up for ourselves, advocating for ourselves, um, whether it be at a rally um, on the streets, whether it be, 
at a march for Gaza, whether it be outside of the White House protesting, whether it be in the political sphere running a campaign or supporting several people's campaigns who are standing for actual change, no matter what you do, any sort of contribution seriously helps in this fight. You know, not even just with me, but with other progressive and socialist candidates. You know, we have to, we have to get things into high gear. We cannot afford to take it, put it on the back burner. We can't afford to do that anymore. We must, we must expand. We must grow. We must grow the movement. The movement that, you know, has existed for quite some time in the U.S. realistically. It reached mainstream level prominence when Bernie ran for president in 2016. And then it, you know, ever since then, it's been dramatically on the increase. And that's a good thing. You know, um, because we need to get these liberals out of office like and that that sounds weird coming from someone who's running as a Democrat. Um, But that's because I'm not a liberal Democrat. I am a leftist. So, you know, I'm taking what party out of the main two is closest to my beliefs, which is the Democrat Party and running with it, you know. Do I wish that there was a actual leftist party that had prominence and had an actual voter base? I would love that. That'd be great. But unfortunately, we don't have that. You know, the Green Party, you know, they can get ballot access. They can get all of this. But at the local level, I, I just don't see it happening where I can run on a green ticket and genuinely win the general election. It would save me a ton of stress with the primaries. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it really would. Um, and it would also help get the Green Party out there realistically because, you know, first actual nominee announced would be great and it would cause some serious traction in my opinion, especially with me as a nominee that that cause major traction, you know. Um, but I don't know if I want to take that route necessarily. If the opportunity is still open to run for the Green nomination after I know for a fact that I have lost the Democratic nomination, then sign me up, you know? I'm not going to give up this fight unless absolutely necessary. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what third party I have to get on. I don't care if I have to run independent. I will, you know? And that, that's, that's how, I guess, um, dedicated I really am to this cause. Um, and when we talk about implementing a socialist system... The reason why we're implementing said system, and someone had also asked me this question, like, why would you implement socialism? You know, why would you do this? And I'm like, well, because the capitalist system that we are in right now, while it did work back in the 50s, 60s, maybe the 70s, if you want to count the 70s, but I don't know about that. You know, it worked back then for a reason. And that simple reason was that corporate interests weren't fully infiltrating the government yet. You know, um, the government was still relatively free of corporate influence. Um, In addition to that, you know, corporations and, and, you know, the wealthy weren't necessarily abusing the law or abusing the government for their own gain or abusing the entire system realistically for their own gain. But at some point... In time, I would probably like to say safe bet during the 70s, 
these corporations and these billionaires and executives and all these people in the elite class, you know, they all recognized that, wait a minute, we don't have to play by the rules. We can cheat. We can cheat the system in order to maximize our profits while allowing for the working class to suffer. And they realized that they could get away with this because there wasn't such regulations in place at the time that should have been in place at the time, although they couldn't have foreseen people suddenly being able to abuse the capitalist system that was once treating many more people correctly than it is now. You know, um, (coughs) mm, sorry about that. (coughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) had a Hillary moment there for a second. Anyways, um, (laughs) so, you know, the issue with that, in my opinion, Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) Now, hold on. I need to... (laughs) Unedited, guys. (laughs) So, you're going to walk with me to get my water because I don't have it next to me because I didn't think this one through. (sighs) Okay. All right. We're back. So... You know, with regards to the capitalist system, I feel like it did once work. You know, that there's no doubt about that. It did once work. You know, people were able to afford things. It's, but until, you know, a certain point, because that certain point is when all the corporations recognized that they could abuse and cheat the system for their own advantage. And once they realized this, they hopped on that opportunity incredibly quickly. And they didn't even dras- they didn't even like gradually ease into it. They jumped right on it. And the result of that is the problems that we now face today. Because that paired with, you know, the government not doing what it should have done to combat that at the time, and the government since then not trying to do anything to revert that corporate takeover of the capitalist system and of the government as a whole, you know, by them not doing anything back then and from back then to now, we have gotten to the place that we are in today as a result of that, unfortunately. And I would love to say that, you know, Putting an end to this system will be easy. It will not be easy because there are so many people bought and paid for, whether they be advocates on social media or whether they be elected officials. You know, um, we have a president that is a self-proclaimed hardcore capitalist and Zionist. An American president should never be Zionist. If you want to be a Zionist so badly, go become the president of Israel. Go become the president of Israel. Go work for the Netanyahu government since you seem to get so well along with them. You know, you're, you who, are, who supposedly are on the left are best friends with a literal child-killing, far-right authoritative psychopath in all seriousness you are friends 
with a genocide-committing far-right authoritarian fascist, fascist, fascist Zionist psychopath. And, and you, you want to spend billions upon billions of dollars of our tax dollars that we work hard for just for you to take them and throw them at Netanyahu and tell him, yeah, you could kill another 10,000 children with this, you know? Enough is enough. You know, we need to be able to advocate for where our money goes as a population. You know, this government is meant to be for the people, not against the people's wishes or against the people's will or against what's best for the nation. It is for the people, for a reason. And it's time that we take those words literally once more and take back this country from the far-right authoritarians and from the fake leftists that we call liberals. We need to take this country back from all of them and show them that you are wrong. These people support genocide. These people support the murder of innocent children. They support wasting your money. They support increasing taxes for absolutely no reason other than selfishness and greed. Um, you know, and, and that's exactly why we must implement a socialist system. In my opinion, you know, it works. That, that is like the only logical step forward is a socialist system. We cannot just continue to be forced to operate under a capitalist system that has failed us and that is actively falling apart. So, yeah, and I encourage all of you to research MMT, Modern Monetary Theory, and, you know, I personally think we can use that as a way to help aid some of the immediate reforms we need. You know, I personally think there are so many reforms that need to be done in such a short amount of time by the time that we start to gain a majority of power that we're going to need to seriously start using modern monetary theory to expedite those reforms while not also, while also, you know, not like half-assing them and just causing them to, you know, fall apart dead on arrival. You know, we don't want that. We want successful systems that work and we want them in quickly as soon as possible. And that is exactly what Sorry about that. And that is exactly what modern monetary theory can do for you um, and do for all of us is allow us to expedite the much needed reforms, including not limited to, of course, um, universal health care, whether that be cow care, whether that be Medicare for all, um, free college education, ending medical debts, ending student loan debts. You know, overall reforms that we generally, genuinely and generally need, you know, um, you know, at this point, majority of the nation supports these reforms. They just disagree on how we can get to those reforms. There's some people on the right that support, you know, universal health care that are crazy enough to believe that Trump is going to give you guys universal health care, no copay. 
that's absurd. You know, he's never in a million years going to give you universal health care. Not going to happen. It's never going to happen because they don't care. If they're cutting social security and other, you know, social programs, what makes you think they're going to start one of the most demanded and most easily likable social programs and one of the largest social programs that this country has ever seen? What makes you think that when they're actively trying to destroy the only few actual social programs that are in place? Things like social security, Medicare, you know, while they're partially social and partially universal, they're still, you know, they're still a socialist, realistically. They, they lean more social. It's a social program. So obviously, Republicans and people on the far right are going to want to dismantle it. They're going to destroy it. But there are people out there still who somehow believe Trump is giving you universal health care. It's not going to happen. Let it go. Just start voting for progressives because we're closer to actually giving you Medicare for all because we actually care about that because a lot of progressives that I've noticed are actually progressives and want to get these things passed are people who are actually in the working class or who were at least in the working class before being elected. Um, You know, AOC, so many other people. Um, Myself, I'm just an ordinary working class person. Like I'm not some rich millionaire. I don't have saved millions. I haven't held political office previously. You know, I am a total and complete newcomer, except I'm not. Because realistically, to be a newcomer, you can't know anything about it. But this so-called newcomer, which is me, knows so much more than anybody else running, everybody else running combined. Because I see through the brainwash, and I see through the lies, you know? And I encourage everyone to begin to look past those lies. Um, And I encourage people to, you know, wake up and realize that this this capitalist system has got to go and that a socialist one must follow it. So, yeah. That is it for today's episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.